Hey there, this is Brian. I'm the host of the Engaging Missions show. If you've found this show for the first time, I did want to take a second to let you know that this show is not currently in production. You're certainly welcome to check out all of the archives, but we don't have new episodes coming out at the moment. However, I did want to take a second to highlight one of the sponsors that sponsored the show a while ago. They're not currently sponsoring the show, but if you're looking for a place to invest in the kingdom, I'd recommend checking out Mega Voice Audio Bibles. You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes, and I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. You're listening to the Engaging Missions Radio Show, Episode 35 with Jenny Beth Alford. Welcome to the Engaging Missions Radio Show. If you care about missions, this is the place for you. Whether you're actively involved in ministry and missions, are considering missions, or serve God in the marketplace with a heart for God's kingdom, you're in the right place. Join us each week for inspiration, encouragement, resources, and so much more as we delight in the things that God is doing all around the world. Okay, let's get going. I'm really happy to have Jenny Beth Alford with me today. Jenny Beth is the Curriculum Director for 10.3, the Transformational Education Network. She hails from Texas, but is raising support to relocate to Zambia. And from what I understand, she pretty much knows and does everything within the organization. Okay, Jenny Beth, I've given just a little introduction. Now, why don't you take a minute and tell us about yourself and your ministry? We'd like to get to know you personally. Okay, well, thank you. And I don't, I don't know that I would say that I do everything. Um, I mean, I, I'd say Anthony and Joe and some of the others do uh, probably even more than I do. But I, um, you know, do do love getting to serve in a lot of different uh, areas in Ten Three, of course. And being the curriculum department head, then I do get to do a lot of the editing and the so the things that other departments you would know, want to document. I do tend to help out with that. So in that sense, I do get to experience you know, the, the training side of what we do and the consulting side and all these things. But, um, yeah, my work is uh, in the curriculum, which originally I just started with 10.3 as an editor, um, but soon uh, the uh, those who were already in 10.3 asked me to be the curriculum department head, which really intimidated me at first, but I, you know, realized that that was the perfect fit for me when I thought back on how, you know, growing up, I always loved to learn. I I was homeschooled and just loved every minute of it because I got to start learning how every everything that there is in the world is about God and shows his glory and who he is. You know, I would read literature and see all these stories and in these stories, see how God's principles work and you know the you know this person has to win and this has to happen because of what the you know of what the truth is and how god works and you know i would see that in history and in science see god's creativity and it was just amazing to get to do that and then to realize uh from there as i uh joined 103 well as i first you know went into missions and went in wanting to go everywhere and do everything. I wanted to do evangelism. I wanted to do discipleship. I wanted to meet human needs and realized that I would get to do, to have a hand in all of that through uh, helping develop curriculum that makes it all about God and doesn't just teach different subjects that people in Africa need, but teaches it from the perspective of, you know, who is, 
you know, how do I come to know God and serve his kingdom and understand his purpose in whatever this is that I'm learning. Um, so like I said, I started 10 out uh, with 10.3 as an editor pretty soon after I finished college. And then, uh, you know, for the next four years or so, I was, um, uh, like most of the team, working from home. And, you know, home is uh, for me for Texas, but of course, different 10.3 members are in different parts of the world. And we would just go on periodically on short trips to Africa to work with people, make the connections, kind of give them the training, and then try to uh, keep them keep up at a distance, you know, either working on curriculum or working on starting schools and things like that. And during that time, I was a volunteer and also do. And so in that, I was also doing side jobs like uh, substitute teaching and working in a uh, working in a bookstore and things like that to uh, to bring in some money. And then was uh, also trying to then raise money through SIM to start to do this full time. And I did get to start uh, actually going on salary and getting you're making this my day job uh, last year, and now I'm trying to get enough money together to go to Zambia, like you said, uh, so that I can uh, work with uh, educators in person over there. Because, you know, I, I mean, there, there are a lot of things you can do to serve Africa from the U.S., but Africa is such a face-to-face culture that, um, uh, you know, I really, we realized I really need to be there to see this move forward. Yeah. That's powerful. Now, as we get started, you know, we know you a little bit from what you've shared. Can you now share with us a scripture or maybe a motivational quote that's really been meaningful to you? And then share share with us how that's really shaped your behavior. Well, the passage that I sort of look at as my dedication in my ministry is Psalm 16, 5 through 6, which says, The Lord is the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You support my lot. The lines have fallen to me in flow pleasant places. Indeed, my heritage is beautiful to me. And that verse spoke to me so clearly as I started working with 10.3, especially after my first trip to Africa. And I started you know, seeing the beauty of what God was doing and his people there and how he's, uh, he was merging you know, what he was doing in my own heart with what he was doing with my team and in uh, Africa. And you know, the way I got to ex- start experiencing God through missions just made is the heritage he's given me is getting to serve him in this way and it is beautiful to me that's good now we you know you shared that success or that that scripture rather but we also know that not everybody's life is easy and happy it it seems like sometimes especially in our culture we can get what i think of as the facebook effect where we look at other people's lives and it looks like we're looking at the highlight reel for their lives Uh, and sometimes we miss those challenges or the 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 failures in their lives. As we get started, could you share a time in your journey when you encountered some kind of challenge or failure and then share with us what God did in and through that with you? Sure. Um, one that uh, sticks out to me was just getting started with Ten Three because originally when I uh, finished college, I knew I wanted to go into missions. I realized, you know, there's all these other things I could do with my life, but they're just not going to do it, do it for me. And I, I didn't get any joy out of the thought of that. I wanted to go and serve uh, in the kingdom where I was most needed. And um, growing up Southern Baptist, I just automatically thought, okay, I'll apply to IMB. Um, you know, they've got that program already set. I've, that's been a part of my life for as long as I can remember. They, and they cover all your, all your support for you, which is really nice. Um, so I applied to that. I was going to go to their sending conference just right after I graduated. It was going to be great. And that was 2009 when the economy had crashed. And mm-hmm. give, 
everything was down so much that year that uh, the sending conference I was going to canceled and the one that, I re- that they rescheduled me for was canceled and they finally just emailed and said, hmm. we're not having any more conferences. You know, we, they're, they're, we can only send a very limited number of journeymen now. And that was, you know, just such a blow to me. And I was talking with other people who would say, well, you know, yeah, we wanted to be missionaries too, but, you know, it didn't work out. So maybe that, so maybe God just wanted to know if you were willing, but something in my heart was just screaming, no, this is, this is all I want to do. And um, so, but, you know, I kept knocking. I'd, uh, I had talked with the missions professor at my college and he gave me some contacts. And one of the first things he just said was, uh, well, I hear you're a good writer. You just, you should try to find a way to write for missions. And, you know, those contacts that he gave to me eventually led me to 10.3, which, um, as I explained before, just turned out to be the perfect fit and just the beautiful and, uh, delightful thing that God's given me to do. Uh, that's that's great. Thanks for sharing that. Now, with that, you know, just like we always we all have challenges, we also have those times when God reveals something, sort of the other end of the spectrum. Sometimes it seems like it maybe comes as a a momentary shaft of life as of light, but then other times, and I know I've seen this in my life, we look back over the years and we start seeing that God was revealing something to us all along. I'm not sure what your experience has been, but can you share with us a time in your journey when God really started showing you something and then share with us what you took, what you did to take what God was showing you and to run with it? Uh, one neat thing that uh, came about was kind of another point of frustration at first when, you know, I had worked on our computer training outreach material, which was, you know, a way to address the need and desire for better education, especially, and take advantage of the opportunity for computer education that was, you know, this, that still is a great, in great high demand in Africa. And you use that to reach people for Christ and, you know, give them a biblical worldview because we take them through, um, uh, through the whole story of creation. And um, so we worked really hard for over a year, got this convert curriculum ready. And then we, uh, and then people start trying to use it in Africa and they're saying, well, there our, our computers keep freezing up and we, we can't make a lot of progress and um, it's just not working. And so that was a time of discouragement. And then we started. And so we finally decided, you know, we need to switch operating systems. Let's move from this fast operating system to Puppy Linux, which will run on just about anything, which was kind of a, oh, dear, that's going to be another hundred something hours of work and uh, take a long time. Um, But then through that, uh, you know, God kind of led us from one thing to another until we realized that this was an opportunity to get a lot more people in the U.S. involved in what we were doing through our uh, laptop gospel project. Project, that people could donate their laptops that you know maybe didn't run Windows all that well anymore, but then they could use that um, use that to get to engage themselves in missions and even engage others who you know had a laptop but and wanted to do something good with it but haven't heard the gospel, haven't gotten a chance to. They can come help set it up, you know, and then through that hear, hear the gospel, you know, help Africa and hear the gospel themselves at the same time. That's great, and you know. Um if you're okay with it, I'd like to throw in a question that wasn't there before because this came up as you were talking. Uh, Mark had sent me a link to an article that you had written about why you use open source software. Would you mind sharing with our listeners Uh what that brings to the table for the organization? Sure. Uh, That brings several things. The, uh, the most important issue that we, uh, 
uh, that drives us in our using all this open sourceware is just integrity. Um, you know, in in Africa, uh, there uh, there was once we asked, uh, I forget how we how it was that we asked, you know, where you could get where you could go and get Microsoft from a vendor, and they didn't have any idea. They never heard of any way to get it other than pirating it, and. Um, so just us realizing that, you know, okay, we need to teach integrity and that, you know, you don't steal. And yet at the same time, show them that um, uh, that you can still do, uh, you know, do what you need to do and sometimes even better you know, through the open source software. And, you know, one thing we'd like to point out is, you know, if you just learn how to work, how to work the computer on Windows, then you're kind of locked into Windows. But what we do with our computer training outreach is start them in Linux and teach them the concepts well enough that then we can say, okay, now go to this Windows computer and teach yourself to do the same thing. And it enables them to uh, to be able to work on any system. Um, I remember one story, uh, our colleague Christy, who kind of runs a lot of things for us in that. Nigeria had taught a few students using this method and didn't even get through the whole CTO, but she had a student um, showing who was showing their friend how to use Windows 8. And he was like, how do you know how do you use Windows 8? I don't think any of us have ever seen this before. And uh, he just said, oh, I took a 10-3 course, and that taught me what to look <laughs> for and how things work. And um, so just... Yeah, that, that's where our heart is, is both, you know, integrity and, you know, keeping the cost down, um, enabling it to be sustainable because they don't have to use the newest, fanciest equipment, and then also pedagogically giving them a real solid education and understanding and not just, you know, follow, follow, the, follow the flow of this is what everybody does. That's, that's wonderful. Now, I think what I'm hearing in that is that in the in the struggle or in the challenge, there was actually an opportunity that's been good for the organization in terms of using open source software. Is that is that accurate? Yes, I mean it. It, is, it was something that we had wanted, you know, meant to use all along with open source software. And again, we had to switch it. Originally, we were using Ubuntu, which is a very popular fa- flavor of Linux that actually mm-hmm. is an African initiative. And then. I had to scale that down to Puppy Linux, which um, is you know much simpler system work, but it'll run on really old equipment. Um, but yeah, that has ended up being yeah an opportunity, like you said, something that you know God was directing us without us even realizing what He was doing until we got to the point that we could realize, hey, we can engage people you know in North America in getting the gospel out to their own communities and across the world through open source software. Who would have guessed, right? <laughs> right. With that, we're going to go ahead and move to the present day. We'd like to hear a little bit about what's going on in your ministry, maybe something that's really exciting you right now, or maybe something that you see coming in the future. Well, what we're most excited about is just, you know, finishing our computer training outreach that, you know, teaches the you know, basic compute, computer use and uh, especially office software, you know, in a way that, uh, that, it really enables the students to comprehend and use it on any and apply those principles on any system. And it also gives them the whole story of God's word, you know, gives them a foundation in, uh, in the Bible and gives them an opportunity to accept Christ if they never have, or just gets them to understand their part in the whole kingdom story. And, uh, you know, and just especially that, you know, like I said, I mean, it touches both evangelism and discipleship and it's, uh, and it can be used even to plant churches. One opportunity we're looking at is ways to just give this to missionaries who want to plant a church in a new place and do that through 
uh, you know, where, you know, just, just preaching the gospel out straight might get rejection, but computer training, everyone, you know, that tends to get people just, you know, sleep. We, we have a story once people were like sleeping in a parking lot for the chance to get computer training. And so just getting to, yeah, getting to um, have our CTO use, we've got um, uh, seven centers in Nigeria interested in offering it. And I think three in Zambia and just uh, without, you know, having, the opportunity to equip our African brothers and sisters to use technology for the kingdom instead of just becoming brainwashed by it. Oh. With that, we're going to go ahead and move on to the next question. We know that you know, you're called to vocational ministry, but we know that not everybody is. And our audience is primarily made up of people who are in the U.S. or in North America who are called into the marketplace. They, they mm-hmm. care about missions and missionaries, but they don't feel called there. What would you say to somebody who is called into the marketplace, but they're starting to wonder if what they're doing really matters in the kingdom? <laughs> well, I'll tell you one of my favorite stories uh, on a question like that has to do with uh, my mechanic. Um, oh, let me start by saying my, my car is 32 years old. It's been in my family since I was a toddler. And you know, when I got to where I was old enough to drive, it passed on to me. And then, you know, those four years I mentioned where I was you know, working part-time and volunteering for 10-3, there was, there was no way I could ever afford another car, even a used one. And so I relied on that one. You know, that was what got me to church. It got me to the uh, my required training with SIM. It got me, um, you know, and even just to, or, and also to places where I could share more about my ministry, where I could, you know, talk about the opportunity to give laptops and use that for, to, spread the gospel and all those things, you know, I needed that car for it. And um, I had several times where something would go wrong with that car and I'd take it to like one of those chain repair places and they would tell me, oh, it's going to cost more than it worth, more than it's worth to fix that. You just need to get a new car. Like, I can't get a new car. But there's a mechanic here in my hometown who's, he's in his 70s and um, I'd, so he's been doing this forever. And I would take it to him, and he has always found a way to keep it running that's affordable. I mean, I don't know how many times I've taken it in with um, smoke pouring out of the engine or having to tow it because it won't even start or it'll die and die before I even get the, you know, 10 blocks down to get to it. And he charges me like $50 to fix it or something incredible like that. And it's just in. I've just realized, you know, I could not have done my ministry if it were not for that mechanic. Uh, just so, you know, he he has contributed to the kingdom in Africa and all around the world just by, you know, doing what he does for Jesus, even though it's just, you know, it's what nor- people would normally think, you know, it's just, it's just fixing cars, but it was so much more. And so, you know, wherever God has put you there, um, you know, there's hurting people you can minister to, um, or and there's you know some some way that you can serve and be a blessing, and that you never know the repercussions that it'll have in uh, helping others serve the kingdom too. Wow. Now, I'm sure that there are also some people listening who are already supporting missionaries, either financially or in prayer, possibly both, but they want to do more. If they really wanted to level up their game, what's one thing they could do to further encourage or support a missionary? Well, there's definitely a reason that, you know, giving in prayer always is, uh, you know, thrown out there is because we always need that. But Mm -hmm. I'd say the other one that is needed just as much is is mobilizing, you know, uh, getting others involved in missions as well. Um, 
that's, you know, I'd say one of the hugest needs uh, for missions in, in the church is, you know, they've, something that I found even in my own um, relationship development is, you know, the, you know, there's people who give and give and, you know, uh, just all they can. And then there's others who just don't see the need. And so, um, you know, whether it's uh, just sharing your own heart and your own stories that, uh, as to why you, why you love Jesus so much and want to see his kingdom around the world, um, or, you know, starting uh, a regular prayer meeting for the unreached with people to start to ha- um, have, you know, have friends get a heart for bringing the gospel to the ends of the earth. Um, you know, I grew up with the GA and RA program in the Baptist churches where they just teach the kids once a week about missions and you pray for a missionary and that has recruited a lot of missionaries and a lot of missionary support that way, or, you know, starting a perspectives on the world Christian movement, um, uh, or like I mentioned before, our gospel laptop project, which is a way of engaging people in missions, both in their community and across the world. Just, um, that's what I encourage is, uh, find ways. However, you know, whatever God gives you opportunity to do and, and, and that's on your heart that gets others, um, excited about missions and willing to contribute in some other way that'll multiply the effect on the kingdom more than you one person can ever do. Thank you, Jenny Beth. Now it's time for us to head into the speed round. This is where I get to ask you a series of questions and you come back with your amazing answers. Does that sound like a plan? (laughs) I will try my best. (laughs) What's one thing you wish you would have known before you started out? On that one, I kept thinking about that question as I saw it and I don't know that there's anything that I wouldn't have had to learn over again because just learning from experience, there's just something about it when you're actually on the field and doing the work and seeing, uh, you know, with the people and seeing it play out. So, I mean, I, I learned so much about God and how He's not as I expected and um, about you know, listening and, you know, <laughs> having to have my bride docked in several different ways. But I think in all of those things, it's stuff that you know, but you just have to, you know, God has to actually physically take you through it to learn it. So I can't say that there's anything that would have actually made a difference for me to know beforehand. <laughs> What's the best advice you've ever received? It would probably be one of the first um, projects Anthony ever had me do with Ten Three was um, editing stuff in their knowledge base. And he was afraid I wouldn't be able to get the software and be able to work with it. And he told me, don't get frustrated. Uh, serving God should be a joy for you. you know, we don't want this to be something that you agonize over. And that, that's some, that really has been a theme that I've had to repeat to myself is, you know what, don't get frustrated. This is a joy. And if you're frustrated, you need to take it to the Lord. Can you share one of your personal habits that you believe contributes to the success you've seen? Um, definitely disciplined prayer. You know, we take prayer for granted all the time. Like, okay, yeah, I'm doing that all the time. But, you know, uh, even... I, appreciated so much back soon after I started 10-3. We, we were wanting to go to a conference in Nigeria, but there were you know finances and logistics and several other things that were keeping us uh, from being able to go, it looked like. And so we realized we needed to just start praying together. And so we started you know just setting aside the same time every Wednesday to pray over Skype. And, uh, and we've been doing that ever since for five years. And so that's, uh, and so I'd say that's vital. And there's other, you know, places in my life where just out of necessity, I've had to, you know, start more disciplined, regular, you know, I'm going to do it each, you know, each day kind of prayer. Um, and that's, uh, that make, that really does make all the difference. 
Yeah, that can be a real challenge. I know for me, I have to keep bringing myself back to that as well. Do you have an internet resource that you use and can share with our listeners? Uh, yes, you know, um, working with uh, having a ministry in technology, both you know the way we use it and work together, and then also you know that's a lot of the focus of a lot of what we're teaching right now is godly use of technology and also being safe and aware has made me really realize how important internet security is. And so I, uh, a password safe has become indispensable to me. And um, because, you know, I know I have probably over 30 online accounts and, you know, to have, and, you know, to keep them secure, you're supposed to have a long complicated password that's changed Mm -hmm. regularly. And there's just no way to remember that without writing it down. And then, and yes, someone else can get it just by looking at what you wrote down. So um, password safe, what they do is they'll, they'll store your username and password um, and, you know, the website it goes to in an encrypted database. And so, and the one I use is called KeePass. It's K-E-E-P-A-S-S. And I like that one because it, um, it works on Windows and Linux and Android and um, and it's really nice, you know, I can even set like three keys. So I, if I want to check my email, I just hit that three key combination and automatically types in my username and password. It'll generate the longest, craziest passwords mm-hmm. I could ask for um, and save them for me. And I can change them real easily. Um, so I, I would definitely recommend that as a must in Internet security just to keep, you know, your own information and that of your loved ones safe from being taken advantage of. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. That's actually the password that the manager that they have for for us at work, and I've been using that one at work for about a year and a half. For my personal, I actually use LastPass, and I like to keep those mm-hmm. separate because they have this thing at work where I shouldn't, you know, keep my keep my passwords for work. I need to keep them separate from my personal ones. But those are mm-hmm. those are both really good. I like them. Do you have a book that you'd recommend to our listeners? Uh, one of the books I read when I first started 103 that's been that that really did help set my mind for the ministry was a total truth by Nancy Piercy and that really ties a lot to what uh, you were asking before about you know how how does my you know work just in the work in the business world or whatever how does that really contribute to the kingdom because she takes Francis Schaeffer's uh, criticism of how we we tend to divide you know the spiritual things and the ministry side of things from the day to day you know secular stuff and you know that's a totally artificial d- division and so you know she looks at both how how we need to start making our normal everyday stuff uh, into kingdom work and then also how churches and ministries tend to make tend to use very worldly tactics and make it not very spiritual mm-hmm. and godly and. Um, and she also has a, a great chapter on, um, like the you know the women's role dichotomy and how, how history and the industrial revolution has really skewed our perception of that. And it, that, that's a, just a really great book I would recommend. Well, that's good. And for those who are are listening, um, all of this will be linked up in the show notes, which will be at engagingmissions.com slash Jenny Beth Alford. Uh, and we're we're going to go ahead and take head into our last couple of questions here, Jenny Beth. Uh, this okay. is where we get to go a little bit deeper again and focus some more on your perspective and maybe some ministry advice. So, what is one thing that somebody could do if they wanted to start getting get to get started discipling and ministering the love of Christ to a neighbor or a coworker whose heritage is from another culture? 
First thing I can think of is just ask them into your home. You know, when when you're in a foreign culture, that's what you really want is to have that feeling of acceptance. And it's amazing the statistics I've heard on how few immigrants actually get invited into an American home. They just live for their isolated lives. And I mean, with that, you know, obviously, you know, do your homework, make sure you listen, try to learn what their cultural sensitivities are, but realize that then they're, they're just as eager to try to learn about your culture. And um, so they're often very eager, very open to talking about religion then and, um, you know, hearing what you have to say and, you know, um, starting to learn, okay, what is it, what are these people like that I'm having to live with now? Um, and, but at the same time, you do it all uh, very, very prayerfully um, because, there are, uh, there are, of course, so many blunders to be made, but don't be afraid of that because, you know, to, it's when you do it in the Lord and in prayer that uh, he, you, you find out that you are exactly what he's been preparing for, um, you know, the way he's been working on their hearts. All right. Now, this last one might be a little bit tricky. So if you need to, you can take a minute and think about it. But imagine that you woke up tomorrow morning. In fact, you might be doing this in a few months. You woke up tomorrow morning, and it's your first day of ministry in a brand new country where you don't really know anybody yet. You still have all your experience and knowledge. Your food and shelter are covered. But all you have is what we might consider resources are a laptop and $500 U.S. What do you do in the next seven days? Well, I pray and then um, start looking for trying to connect with churches, schools, youth outreaches that want to, um, you know, reach out to their community by giving them, you know, solid education, good good job skills that's, you know, that's affordable and sustainable and also reach them for Christ, you know, with computer training. And those that want to, I'll, uh, I can, you know, see about, you know, see if the CTO is a good fit for them and get, get them started on that. And you know, then I would also start sending feelers for which schools are more ready to start developing new curriculum that uses transformational education principles that um, you know bases everything on a Christian worldview and you know gives them the solid uh, a solid education that's grounded you know, in the truth. Okay, and for those who are listening, can you tell us what the the CTO stands for? I've, uh, I have referenced it in this interview, but didn't spell it out. Yeah, the CTO is the Computer Training Outreach, which is the program we have to you know, use on you know, fairly old equipment. You can, it gets them started on Puppy Linux, but they learn office programs. We start them from you know, assuming that they may never have even touched a computer, but get them into what we call power users that can really make the computer work for them, that have you know, more really are more able to do things on the computer than I was, you know, as a digital native at age 22. And at the same time, you know, it's where we take them through the Bible as a chronological story to give them the story of redemption and overall teach them godly use of technology. Good deal. Now, Jenny Beth, we're just about done. Can you share with us one last piece of advice and the best way for someone to connect with you? Then we'll say goodbye. Um, I guess my one last piece of advice, what comes to mind is just what I was, uh, reading last night in Matthew 7, where Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. And that 
convicted me so much because, you know, working for God, even in all the mighty, glorious ways that we can think of and hope for, is not the same as knowing Him. So um, that's where just the advice that I'd give is what I had to give to myself is just, you know, to ask yourself, am I really obeying even the simplest of Christ's commands to love Him and to love my neighbor as myself? Um, my blog, it's, uh, again, you can link to it on the site, but it's JBA for Jenny Beth Alford and then dash 103TEN3.blogspot.com. And then I also have a Facebook page called To Learn From One Teacher. And then, of course, there's email. And yeah, those are pretty good ways to follow me. You can, uh, from my blog on the newsletter archives page, you can subscribe to my lo- newsletter if you want to get that every couple months. Yeah. So Jenny Beth, again, thank you so much. I I really do appreciate you being here today. Well, thank you so much. It's always a good joy to get to share what the Lord is doing in, uh, um, you know, in me and around the world. This has been the Engaging Missions Radio Show. Thanks so much for listening. May God richly bless you. We'll see you next week. I really enjoyed talking with her. I thought it was wonderful what she shared. I especially appreciated the perspective she had on perseverance when things get tough and the way that she worked through that time when she felt like God had called her to missions, but the doors just kept closing in her face. I'm not sure what you got out of the interview, but I know that's one of the things that I picked up. I also really enjoyed the stories that she shared that showed God's character. If you're interested in any of the resources that she mentioned, or if you'd like to connect with her on a more personal level, I have all of the links to be able to do that set up at engagingmissions.com slash Jenny Beth Alford, or slash 35 is in episode number 35. You can go there and find the resources that she mentioned. You can connect with her. And also, I do have the show notes that uh, have some things that you could share or tweet, some quotes from the, from the episode and uh, some of the other things just to kind of help you and anybody else that's interested find what she shared. Next week, I do have a special treat for you. Uh, it'll be airing the week of Thanksgiving. And I have one of my former guests who came back and said as they were praying about their interview that God had showed them something that they wanted to share. And I want to bring them back to share that with you. I think that you're going to really appreciate the perspective that uh, that comes comes through that interview. I found it really meaningful and I really enjoyed it. If you've been with us a long time, or if this is your first episode, uh, one of the things that really helps other people connect with this show is you sharing it. If you if you know somebody that might connect with Jenny Beth's story, you can certainly share that show notes page with them. Again, engagingmissions.com slash Jenny Beth Alford. Uh, one other way that really helps people find the show is uh, subscribing and leaving a rating and review in iTunes. Uh, it can seem a little bit confusing if you've not done it before, so I did put together a quick video that's available at engagingmissions.com slash iTunes. That'll show you all that you need to know to be able to subscribe and to leave a rating and review in 30 seconds, a couple minutes, however long it takes you to uh, to do that. The, uh, the video itself is only about four minutes, so it's not going to take all that long. And then one other way that you can connect a little bit more deeply with the show is to subscribe to the newsletter. Uh, I do share some things in that newsletter that don't always come through in the episodes. It's more than just a uh, an announcement that says, hey, I've got a new episode. Um, I'll also share a little bit of news about the show or about what I have going on uh, that's related to engaging missions. And I'll also sometimes share some insights that I got from 
from the interview and uh, some of the things that I think that God is showing me. So if you're interested, that will be at engagingmissions.com slash newsletter. I promise I don't spam every day or anything like that. And if you're not interested, you can always unsubscribe. So again, engagingmissions.com slash newsletter. And finally, it really does mean a lot that you're here. I really do appreciate you taking out the time to listen to uh, to missionaries like Jenny Beth Alford and to connect with what they're doing. It really means a lot to know that you're here. This has been the Engaging Missions Radio Show. Thanks so much for listening. May God richly bless you. We'll see you next week.